everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. And we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was pretty good. It was just uh, Brooke and Zoe and myself. Brooke cooked a uh, delicious meal, a small meal for the three of us. And I've been eating leftovers for three days. So that's all good. That's the way it goes, yeah. What'd you do? We uh, went to my sister-in-law's place, which is what we generally do. And there was, right. it's sort of a potluck type of deal. My... Uh, uh, Mrs. Howell made the um, the the fake meats, the sure. tofurkey, and the celebration roast, which is a fake ham, which is Ce- better than tofurkey. Celebration roast. That's what it's called. I don't know why it's called. That, that sounds like a gay dinner. That sounds like something you only serve at a gay function. Uh, that would be great. I bet you're okay. Whatever with sort that? of gay gathering you're imagining probably has great food. Well, um, it certainly has great outfits. I made some uh, fancy mac and cheese. Really? Uh, with uh, Gruyere and like oh, layer, yeah. like breadcrumbs and tomato slices on top. It's very good stuff. Baked? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right uh, on. Yeah, that's my, my go-to recipe when I have to make something. And uh, then we did what we usually do on the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. We take uh, a little road trip and spend a night in wine country. Oh, wine country. So we went up to, we went up to sideways country. <laughs> drove into a tree. <laughs> yeah, drove into a tree. And then Got, uh, had sex with MC Ganey's wife in the <laughs> yeah, box. that's right. <laughs> and then stole back your wallet from him. Who puts a ring in a wallet? That's the part about that movie that bothers me the most. <laughs> Who, I mean, I, you want it for safe, but it already comes in a box, right? The rings all come in a box, even if it doesn't. You can go to a jewelry store and go, hi, can I have a ring box? And yeah. they'll give you one. <laughs> so who puts it in their wallet? Especially if they're going to go out banging chicks, waitresses and all. Um, well, uh, let's talk about these shows. Oh, there's a show. That's what I want to talk about. There's a, If you like Adam Ruins Everything, like I do, there's another show on TV on the Esquire Network called Going Deep with David Reese. Okay. Who, I guess these are based on an art on articles he wrote for Esquire. Uh, and I saw him on The Daily Show. And it was really interesting. So uh, basically, like this episode I watched with David Reese is called, it was How to Take a Punch. So the premise is it takes simple things and simple ideas and then lays them out and uh, shows you the science of it. Like the next episode is How to Climb a Tree. Uh-huh. The best way to get to the very top of a tree. So How to Take a Punch, it was like, where do you take it? Where's the best place? Like, don't take it in the kidney. Right. Uh, but if you do have to take it in an organ, kidney's your best bet because you got two of them. But, uh-huh. like, make sure you don't get punched in the spleen because that will kill you if you get hit hard enough. Because once your spleen starts bleeding, that's pretty much it. You're done. Wow. Um, and then, like, in the face, like, don't get punched in the head because of brain injury. But, like, all the different things. Like, you know, take a punch in your shoulder. That's always good. Or your butt <laughs> if you can. But also... You know, don't lean into it. Back away from it. Right. So you take the the action off. But it's shit like that. It's very and it's funny. It's not as like produced as Adam ruins everything. It's more presentational, uh-huh. like those shows are. But David Reese is a funny guy, and his throws are pretty funny. Case in point, like he did this whole how to take a punch thing, and then at the end of the episode, he put all that knowledge to work and took a punch from this boxer, who was funny because he was. At one point, he's like, the first thing is don't ever take your eyes off the person you're fighting. Because they won't take their eyes off of you. And once you take your eyes off of them, they've, they're have they now dominant over you. They've mm-hmm. made you look away. So don't do that. And almost immediately, at one point, the guy goes, oh, that light is cool. And Reese turns his head to look. And the guy sucker punches him in the gut. <laughs> Not even hard. 
But because it was a sucker punch, he was like, oh, that scared me and it hurt. And it was pretty great. But he's like, that's why you don't do it. And the one, the main thing they pointed out that I had no idea, I would have never thought this in a million years, is your perception of being hit definitely affects how much it hurts. Because it's all in your brain. Pain, is, pain okay. comes from your brain. So why does the pain don't hurt? <laughs> so like if you think you're not going to be hurt, it won't hurt as much. Okay. If you think, holy fuck, this is really going to hurt, it will hurt more. How crazy is that? That's interesting. And they showed this experiment where this woman was giving him little shocks. And at some point she would say, okay, this one's going to be twice as hard. And he would register, yeah, that hurt a lot. And then she'd say, this one will be half as much. Uh-huh. And he'd go, yeah, that wasn't so much. And, of course, they were the same. Right. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. Like I said, it's, le- it's less presentational. Like Adam ruins everything. So I, I know some people can find that annoying, you know, his the way he talks and stuff. Okay. But Reese is more, I mean, it's less, less produced. It's more presentational. Right, right, right. It's just the funniest part was he said, coming up next, I go toe-to-toe with a heavyweight boxer. On pay-per-view. And it's going to cost $99 a minute. We're going to make a million dollars. And he looks at a guy off camera. And the guy off camera goes, no, you're going to make $99 million. You're going to make $99. Because he's going to be out in a minute. Which leads me to my question of the day. Now, people always say, like, when there's a fight, you know, a big fight in Vegas and it doesn't go that long. Yeah. They're like, I would have done that. Like, you know, the, the guy gets knocked out in the first round. But he still goes home with half a million dollars. Right. And people always say, man, I would do that for a half million dollars. Okay, well, let's break that down. If you were to get in the ring with a heavyweight boxer, Uh he would punch you first, no doubt. Right. And for all intents and purposes, he will be punching you just fist to face. No defense. You're not going to block it. You're not going to move out of the way. Okay. He is going to hit you full. I mean, honestly, right? Even if at your best prepared... And you go in there and you're jumping around. Uh-huh. It's not going to do any good, right? <laughs> I'm talking about you. Okay, yeah. I'm dancing around. I got my elbows up. Right. And right? I'm saying when he punches you, it's it might as well be the same as you just standing there taking a punch. Okay. Right? You uh, agree yeah, with that? probably. Okay. So now, so take that into consideration. Now, this is a heavyweight boxer. The chances that he punches you and kills you with one punch is very good. Right? Would you risk it for half a million dollars? That's what I'm saying. When people go, I would get in, would you do that? Knowing that you might die, or even worse, have brain damage and had to be taken care of the rest of your life. Is it worth it for, let's say, half a million dollars? Uh, I'm going to say no. Not for me. Yeah. But I think there are people for whom it would be. Hmm. Well, obviously, if you're, you know, uh, a lone person and you don't have any friends or family, then what's the point? Right, or if you have a lot of debt. Or other financial issues, but you know? If, yeah. You need, and, yeah, well, or if you're if like your me. If your white, you're going to die of cancer. You right. make sure your kids get to go to college. And like me, I don't have much to live for, so <laughs> 500 grand for my wife and kids would be great. All right. Um, all right, you want to talk about these shows? Well, real quick, I want to yeah. uh, alert. Um, uh, I almost picked, no, I didn't pick this for next week because uh, I don't know how much you would care. But, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, the British hit uh, the Great, the great <laughs> yes. British Bake Off. I keep seeing commercials is for it coming to ABC. Yes, for a four week uh, the Great Holiday Bake Off special. Every time we um, watch Shark Tank, so I will definitely be watching it and reporting back. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. the whole thing. The DVR is set. Um, I knew it. I knew. And you also, Mystery Diners is back, and I know it's been a while since I've talked about Mystery Diners, <laughs> but I'm convinced at this point. That they are writing producing these shows specifically to make me and Mrs. Howell laugh. Because it's 
abandon any pretense that it's real yeah. at all. Like, when they have to, like, when Charles Styles, the host, when he's watching the, like, the, the, the surveillance feeds, and the... In order for the story to move forward, he's going to have to notice something. They make no no attempt to make it seem natural. He just, like, furrows his brow and points at the screen and says something like, Looks like Joseph's preparing some sandwiches. Because now it's necessary for us to know that Joseph is preparing sandwiches. Terrible. The, the show has become so funny to me. Do you think, it's the funniest show on TV. Do you think there's a chance that somebody heard, like listens to this podcast and works on that show? Uh, I I hope so. Uh, he Charles Styles or his team or whatever oh, that's uh, right. they follow follows me right. on Twitter, that's but right. I don't think it's really him. Uh, I think it's just someone from Food Network. Well, um, maybe just someone who works on the show. I mean, because nowadays it's not uncommon for shows or networks to have a media, social media right. person basically man all these accounts and live tweet the show and follow people and respond. So. I mean, if I was a so, if I got paid to be a social media person, I would listen to every podcast that talks about yeah. my show or tweets about me on Twitter. So, yeah. well, just like uh, when we talk about Undateable, that dude, yeah. you know, listened and, and got back in touch. So, you know what? Then, if if someone from the show is listening, then I want to mention something <laughs> about Mr. Denner's that creeps me out. Okay. Okay. Whenever there's a restaurant, because whenever it's it starts with the introduction of here's what our restaurant is, uh-huh. and it's you know the the, the owner or owners saying, I'm so-and-so, the owner of whatever. We have this. This is our, you know, our specialties. We're a great place. Because they're just they're participating in this just for the advertising. You know, of the, course. Of course. Anytime it's a husband-wife team, like let's say their names are uh, Pat and Harry, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a, the Harry Pat band there uh, on the poster. <laughs> sure. So at, without fail, when it's a husband-wife team, it goes like this. I'm Harry. And I'm his wife, Pat. Not, I'm Harry and I'm Pat and we own this place together. It's always, it's always and I'm his wife, Pat. So it's, it's never, I'm Pat and I'm her husband, never, Harry. It, without fail, whenever it's a, and it is so, it's, there's something so like weird about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like they're doing that on purpose to yeah. force an issue of some sort? Yeah. Like, like only like, men can be restaurateurs? Yes, like it always <laughs> makes the wife seem somehow secondary. Yeah. Well, it is, it's possible. really creepy, and I did actually once tweet at Charles Styles asking about it, and I of course got ignored. Uh, but if someone from the show does listen to this because I can't <laughs> stop talking about mystery diners, <laughs> please so let funny. me know why that David always is happens. Obsessed. Like that. It's, He's obsessed. He's obsessed. All right. Well, that's out there now. So okay, we'll get. Hopefully, we'll hear back. Um, so let's talk about The Walking Dead. So now you don't watch The Walking Dead, so I you don't watch The Walking Dead. You don't know this, but. Our decision to watch The Walking Dead randomly this week uh-huh. is very much like our decision when we decided to watch the Game of Thrones randomly. And it ended up being the Red Wedding. The most talked about episode. Yeah. That's what happened this week with The Walking Dead. Is it just because of Glenn? Yes. Uh, spoilers. Uh, we, yeah, we, we'll begin in the spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. So we're going to talk all about this episode. Glenn is alive. Yeah. So two, two, three weeks ago, it looked like he died. Yes, and I, I'm though I don't watch the show, I am plugged in enough to know that there. Was... Well, you saw that scene right before, right? Yeah, previously yeah, yeah. I showed that, yeah. you, and it looked like he had his guts ripped out. But of but course, it's... a wily viewer knows hmm, maybe not. We don't know for sure. Yeah, that's the guy on top of him. Exactly, that's and that's exactly what happened. A lot of people called it, said no, Glenn's not dead because generally on The Walking Dead, if someone dies, they make it clear. They show them getting ripped apart, or they show them turning into a zombie or whatever, uh, because. History of the Walking Dead, case in point, Lenny James 
was in the first episode, didn't show up again till season two, I think. Yeah. You know, now he, and then he goes away again, and then he's back again. So characters come and go all the time, and you never know if they're dead. Governor, perfect example, coming back. But when they're, they're dead, it's pretty clear they're dead. So I think everyone was justified in thinking he wasn't dead. But, um, a lot of people are complaining about this Alexandria thing, that they're in this city and it's kind of lame now. What, what was your feeling about them in this, this working city with electricity and all this shit? Did you find that dumb and confusing because uh, you didn't know what the deal was? No, I actually find that really interesting. Yeah, me too. That sort of thing is... Um, that's when, you, uh, when you play the game of like, what would I do what if, if there right? was a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. The long, the long game of that does lead to something like this. Mm-hmm. Having a community where, like on Last Man on Earth we're going to talk about, right. where they have generators, or in this case they have solar panels, right. uh, and they've restored a sense of normalcy, at least within these walls that they've put up. Yeah. Uh, I find that very interesting. Yeah, because if you want to you know, live in the reality of a zombie apocalypse, the truth is zombies can't reproduce. They're basically, it's a parasitic, I guess, species. Yeah. You know, and as long as, like they do, when they have a body, they bury it way, way underground. So when it turns into a zombie, it's stuck there. Um, Or they burn it. But they don't like to burn things because they stink and it draws other zombies to the fire and the smoke. They they see the smoke and they walk towards it. But I think, I don't know if it was in this episode or the one before, some marauders came in and killed a bunch of people. No, that was not in this episode. Yeah. And so they uh, they buried them. And at one point, Rick's saying, we don't bury murderers inside. But they, I mean, that would be, that's a good way to get rid of your zombie, bury them till they eventually decay into nothingness. Um, But that's the thing. Obviously, a lot of zombies were created at once, but if you wait it out and bide your time and survive, they will be manageable. It would just, it's just going to happen. But you've still got the thing where anyone who dies is still going to turn into a zombie or not. But now that you're armed with that knowledge, of course, you know, and they've done it many times, they sit there. They wait. Yeah. He wakes up, and they shove a knife in his head. Right. In some cases, they don't even wait because they know what's going to happen. Right. So, well, what about older couple? The guy dies in his sleep next to his wife. Yeah. Right. He's going to wake up and bite her. Right. Now she's a zombie. Right. They're. I don't know. Well, somebody. she would probably be eaten. She wouldn't be a zombie. He would probably eat her if he's okay. if she's right next to him and he's a zombie. He will probably eat her completely up. Okay. Rather than turn her into a zombie. But the, if you knew there was a chance he was going to die in his sleep, case in point, when the governor was on and they talked all about him and his people, Dallas Roberts was on the show mm-hmm. and he was a doctor and he was basically trying to find a way to communicate with someone who has turned into a zombie, mainly because the governor's daughter, Penny, was a zombie and he had her chained up and would comb her hair and he wanted to find a way to get her back. So like this old man dying of cancer... He's laying on the table and he's trying to like talk to him and and uh, give him you know pl- play sounds and and things that he could communicate with. He dies and he's like, all right, let's see what happens. A couple minutes later, he wakes up and lunges and you know the experiment was a complete failure. <laughs> but in that case, they knew this guy's dying and so he's willing to do this. But I think you know I don't know. You just keep your eye. The hard part would be obviously uh, accidents. People dying immediate, dying in their sleep and shit like that. Yeah. You'd have to watch out. Because that could be like, oh, this guy died in his sleep and then he woke up and he ate his whole family. And now 
there's two zombies running around in this house that we yeah. got to take care of. But still, you put precautions in in place, right? Okay. So what are, what is people, what are people's complaints with Alexandria then? Um, well, just it's not the same show. That well, it's it's uh, it's just kind of boring because like the people you probably but noticed. Is it, how is it different than when they lived in a prison or on a farm or other things that I picked up from the? Because the, the people who were living in here in Alexandria uh, have been there a long time and they're kind of soft. And uh, Rick even said to his people, you know, we're going to try to work with them, but if not, we're going to take this over because we can easily take it over. They're basically all all soft. You know, Tova Felsa is an act. She was like a politician. She was a senator or something, you okay. know, and it's more of a society than it's more of a, I don't know, it's like it's not really a survival because they would have never survived without Rick and those people, you know, helping them lead the zombies away. And you saw in this last episode, the fucking building fell over. You know, they couldn't handle that themselves. So just that, it's 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 kind of more of the same in the old... It, it's kind of a, a revert back to like, oh no, what do we do? We don't know zombies. By this time, everybody should know what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody should know how to kill somebody. Was this the episode where the guy tried to go over the yeah. rope? Yeah. yeah. Shit like that shouldn't be happening. That kind of made me mad. Because like he even said, you know, we you could have fell in there. Ricky said, I could have just let you drop and be done with that. Right. But now all this other shit happened. Even he helped pull the building down by doing that. Right? Wasn't that that uh, part was of it what, the same building? I didn't. Realize. I thought. I thought that was the point. Is that the weight of him doing that? But they've been showing even before. Yes, yeah, so it was going to fall. Been showing the building falling apart. Uh, but I liked. Uh, I, I like this idea that um, that uh, Andrew Lincoln Rick yeah says um, if you have a plan, bring it to me first. Right. Which is, like, that dynamic that you're talking about is interesting. Because he's not... No one has elected him leader of Alexandria, right? <laughs> well, they did say, you're the sheriff now. At one point, they oh, made okay. it clear. You're the sheriff. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know anything. No, no, yeah. Because uh, a few, because they were, you know, shit was going down. There was a dude who was beating his wife. And he was an alcoholic. And Rick had to kill him in front of everybody. And that was when stuff shifted. When it was like, okay, Rick's in charge now. Um, so, yeah, he is kind of the man. But... It's still, they've been doing this for a while, and they've gone through a lot of shit, you know, and there's kids in there, obviously, and 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 people who don't know what just what's going on, Merritt Dungey uh, is uh, clearly, you know, a, a noob, you know what I mean? The chick from, uh, oh, wait, that's not her name, Merritt Weaver. Merritt Weaver, yeah. Yes, Merritt Weaver. Who I know. always think of from her one scene in Signs. I don't know if you know. Really? Yes. I, uh, I think you talked about that before. Yeah. But what... Uh, I was thinking of someone else. Um, but she... And she's great. But, like, a lot of people don't... They just don't know what to do. And Rick was like, here's what we're doing. You know, my people will take care of this. Just do what you're told. But still, there's shit... This is the perfect episode for that. There's still the idiot who says, I'm going to save everybody and be a hero. And then there's still the kid who decides he wants to kill Carl because Carl stole his girlfriend. I understand they're children, oh, but that's it's, why. Yes. Okay, I didn't really explain. It's that. It's fucking childish, is what it is. Now this kid saw his dad killed by Rick. I get it, and that was a. Oh, that might be another. Yeah, yeah. And he's a, a, a troubled kid, anyways. But still, don't let that shit happen. Uh, don't teach this kid how to use a gun. Tell his fucking mom do it. 
You know, <laughs> say go to your mom. There's got to be very strict rules after the zombie apocalypse for just this thing. You go through channels. You say, please, can I have one aspirin? And they say, no, we don't have enough aspirin. Can I have a bullet? No, there's only five bullets left. You know what I mean? Shit is on lockdown. And this episode, the only thing good that happened in this episode, in my opinion, was uh, that building falling over. Because for me, what I like about The Walking Dead and any show that's basically an apocalyptic show, whether it's, what was that other one where the power went out? Revolution? Yeah, Revolution or any show like that where it's some sort of post-apocalyptic whatever, there's always going to be shit you can't. Even in the great world we live in today, uh-huh. shit happens that you don't know about. Power goes out. Oh, my God. I'm gonna, there's a fucking earthquake today. Right. You don't know when an earthquake's going to come. And so that shit still continues in a post-apocalyptic world. And that is what I like because they will go, any, uh, any show like that will go five, six episodes without something crazy happening, without it raining for Christ's uh-huh. sake. <laughs> or it'll rain just right on time. Hey, we needed rain and here it is. Oh, it was getting hot. Now it's not hot anymore. You know, shit happens in the world and I like it when it's like, yeah, we thought we had everything. It reminds me of having a kid. People who have kids will know this. Because kids are constantly growing and changing and whatever, it's like right when you get in, you feel like you're in some sort of routine, it blows up. You know, you got to get up every couple hours and feed your kid. And then when you feel, oh, they're sleeping through the night. Well, not anymore. Because now they have growing pains and they wake up crying because their feet hurt. Just stupid kid things because kids, you know, they don't go by a schedule. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's how these these shows that where all the shit has hit the fan, it there should be more shit happening like that. <laughs> like every episode there should be like, oh yeah, that well has a dead zombie in it. You can't drink from it. Like just shit that you think is good, it's not good because it's the end of the fucking world, man. Uh-huh. Right? Well, yeah, that was the one uh, girl, Enid. Her argument was that this well, is yeah. all fruitless. The world is trying to die, and we're supposed to just let it. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I actually like those. Not knowing the story at all, like a lot yeah. of what is happening here. Yeah. I, I'm completely lost as right. to why there's that this guy Lenny apparently has someone with a who needs antibiotics, and then this kid Carl's wearing a dumb hat for some reason, <laughs> and uh, everyone's got a bad southern accent. Like I didn't understand a lot of that. But when yeah. it came to like the philosophical discussions yeah. about how to how to behave, there were there were sort of three main things. There was that one between Enid and Glenn um, right. about uh, whether or not it's worth it to try to maintain normalcy or to just give themselves over to the fact that the world is over. There's um, Lenny's argument about um, whether all life is precious mm-hmm. uh, and if it remains so in this world where the rules have, have changed. And then there was also something that was more uh, that I was getting at earlier when I when I talked about Rick saying, if you have a plan, come to me. And then when he's talking to Michonne, I'm guessing, I think yeah. is her name, yeah. about a plan and whether or not to let the other Alexandrians in on it um, because Michonne's point of view is that they're all in this together now and Rick is still thinking of his group and the Alexandria group as something separate. Yeah. Uh, And so even though the episode was um, for me personally, someone who's not involved in the Mm storylines, very boring. Right. uh, It it did give me, it did give me the impression that if I watched this show regularly there might be some ideas that I could latch onto that would be of interest. And of Mm -hmm. course, I mean, that building falling down is a great cliffhanger. 
Yeah, like, part yeah. of me just wants to watch next week just right. to see all the zombies flood in and these soft ass suburban suburbanites get torn limb from limb. Yeah, and yeah, because <laughs> when the Marauders came in, obviously there was a lot of action going on and fighting back, and they beat them off because uh, they were humans, not zombies, so they were able to shoot them and and knock them out or whatever. So, but yeah, if a fucking wall of zombies comes in, and that's uh, you, you mentioned something that. I like about the show, but it seems like it might be boring people. Like the whole, we're all in this together. You know, Michonne is like, yeah, come on. We, they welcomed us in. We're all part of, we got to work together. But Rick has made it clear over and over again, he's not down with that. He's He says, I only care about my people. He's almost said that exact sentence multiple times. Right. He's, a, he's a, being tribalistic about it. Exactly. And, and it, it's funny because watching that like out of context is probably like, Wow, what a dick. But when you realize, you know, he started this show all alone, didn't know where he was or what happened, eventually had to find his family, had to, uh, he he had to find out that his wife was pregnant, might have been his best friend's baby, uh-huh. He's, he doesn't know, uh, he eventually had to kill his best friend and then kill him a second time when he turned into a zombie. Oh, he killed him? Yeah, yeah. He because oh, in the comics it's Carl who kills. Oh, yeah, you're right. The, I, I no, you're right. It's because they that because uh, what's his name tries to kill Rick and Carl takes care of it. So okay. I can I can be no, I, I, yeah, that sounds right. So wait, and then of course, and then Lori gets eaten by a zombie after she gives birth to Judith. Okay. She's bleeding so much, it's clear she's not going to survive because they're in the prison at that point. Okay. And she's like, you guys have to just go, get out of here and leave me. He eventually comes back and there's this fucking zombie sitting on the floor with an enormous stomach, distended stomach. Uh-huh. Can't even move. The zombie's sitting there going, ah, ah, can't even get up because it has eaten her completely. Oof. She's completely gone. And that kind of thing will make you a little protective. Yeah, when you lose horrible. the woman who just gave birth to your baby daughter. And I will say, of all... Like, Judith has been on the show for a while now. It wasn't until this episode where I was like, oh, what a cute baby. You know, So that baby that the the middle-aged older woman Carol, was looking for, that's Rick's baby? Yes. Well, it might be. It might, it might be his buddy's baby. But they, you know what I mean? It's his yes. wife gave birth to That's Carl's sister. Carl's sister. But, okay, so we never saw Rick with the baby at all. Is he... Is he not involved in this baby's life? Well, um, for a long time... Well, Carol was pretty much the caregiver because she had a daughter. Carol's the best character on the show. She went from this woman who was getting beaten by her husband mm-hmm. uh, and trying to protect her daughter to like the biggest ass kicker in the whole show. And she's brilliant because she still pretends to be this little old lady. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that's her, but like she's, she's saved the day numbers of times. Like... I think I don't remember what happened, but Rick was. They were trying to get in someplace, and the shit hit the fan, and they were fucked. And then all of a sudden, Carol shows up with a sniper rifle and starts taking people out, and uh-huh. basically saves them. And you know, she's she's a badass. When the Marauders came in, she killed a guy, took his hat and his mask, and put it on, and went around, you know, pretending to be one of the Marauders, and then killing them. Just a total badass. That's awesome. But but you'll watch the show and they'll be having a meeting and she'll go, "Oh gosh, can we even do something like that?" And everyone's like, "Come on, Carol, don't be such an old lady." So yeah, so that this, so that part's baby, great. Then, Judith, yeah, is almost like to get back to this this idea I'm talking about, about tribalism. Yeah, it's it's almost like the group's baby. 
Yeah, as opposed for to sure. being Rick and uh, Lori. Yeah, because there's plenty of time when they were separated on their way to here, Alexandria, or wherever they were going, where. Like it was Judith, or rather it was, yeah, Judith Carroll and this guy Tyrese, who's dead now, a black guy, okay. one of the many dead black guys, where they, it was just the three of them on the road for a long time, you know? And then there's like, hey, good to see you again. Like, Rick rarely spends time with Judith because he's got shit to do. Yeah. But Carl's always hanging out with her so, and Carol and um, other folks. A few more questions before I move on. <laughs> okay. The show started because I have read some of the early comics, mm-hmm. so I know... Like, I, I think in the comics I've read up to the prison, but from what I understand, it took them a lot longer to get to the prison yeah. on the show than in the comics. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it started in Atlanta. Yeah. Where are they now? I mean, Alexandria is in Virginia, but I don't know if that's what... If that's. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I mean, so you can look not, it up, but they um, just called it that, but they might be. They might be in Virginia. Are they close? Georgia and Virginia? Uh, I mean, they're both roughly in the south, I guess. <laughs> there's a couple... There's a couple... I don't think they meet... I could be wrong. Um, Might not be next to each other. Um, other questions. Yes. I know there are other people in the show who weren't in this episode, right? Like, Norman Reedus is a pretty big deal. Yeah. He was not in this episode. Right. Uh, Michael Cudlitz from Southland and Lost, kind of. Um, they're both together. That, so. Okay. And so he, they're off on another mission. And Yaya DaCosta. Well, the big mission was, about like two, three episodes ago, there was this uh, gorge. The quarry. They talked to the quarry, yeah. right? And there's a fucking shitload of zombies in there, and it was clear that eventually they were going to make their way to the wall and knock it over because they had pooled in this quarry. Yeah. So Rick's like, "Okay, we have to lead them out of the quarry, away from where we're away from the the fort, away from our city." So they had this whole plan, and then all of a sudden, a piece of the quarry falls down. Like, you know, uh, the the bridge, the way sure. you get there, falls down. And they're like, all right, we got to go. It's on right now. We don't have no time to waste. And then while they're doing this, then that's when those marauders came in to fuck shit up. Which okay. is, this is what I'm talking about. Shit happens to fuck your plan up, right? So they have... So- is this when Ethan Emery got stabbed when I saw it in a bar with the sound off? <laughs> I, think- <laughs> I think it was earlier. It was okay. maybe an episode earlier. So so they all had to do their plan and... Part and you know Kudlitz and Yaya DaCosta had their thing and Norman Reedus has hid has hid had his thing uh-huh. to do in the plan and of course you know they all got waylaid he got knocked out and someone stole his bike and he had to find another bike Kudlitz and Yaya had to hole up in this building okay. uh, so but it, they eventually got back together and are making their way back and then I know the guy who played Dr Dre and Sarah Compton was on the show this season. Did he get eaten or something? I don't know who that guy is. Is there a new black guy on the show this this season? Um, there was, but I think unless you're talking about Bob, uh, what? Who was the guy? What else was he on? There's a lot of black guys who get eaten on the show. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just watching the show and looking for the actors that I knew that I recognized that I knew were going to be on the show. I think his name is Corey Hawkins. Is that right? That does not sound familiar. But if uh, I see him, yeah. I know. His, if I see his picture. Oh, is that him? Yeah, I guess. He said he was in Straight Outta Compton, but I, I don't recognize him. All right. He's well. very young. Jesus. No, I don't recognize him, so maybe he hasn't shown up yet. But there's a lot of talk, because I've never read any of the comics, so I don't know what's up. You know, the governor was the big bad for a while. That's him in The Walking Dead. Oh, it, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So did he get eaten? I don't remember. He has long dreads and glasses now. Yeah. 
He uh, he was. I want to say he was with Glenn when they all got separated. I don't know. I don't think. So. I think he's still on the show. Okay. So, if to best of my memory. So three of the. The, the show I know of Norman Reedus from you know being alive in, in sure. the pop culture world. I know Andrew Lincoln from Love Actually. Okay. And the other only other actors I know are Michael Kudlitz and Corey Hawkins. So I was definitely left without uh, uh, much to grab onto in terms of recognizable actors. But I, I didn't know Mary yeah. Weaver was on the show. And I yeah, her. and she's and it's a small part too. She's in pretty much every episode because she, she's the de facto doctor there, uh-huh. but. She does a small thing, and now that her this thing with her and Lenny James obviously is right. going to hit uh, some sort of. So she gets to be the de facto doctor because she played a nurse for five years on Showtime. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Well, uh, I thought it was funny that Glenn. A lot of people were mad. They thought that was a cheat when Glenn just was fine, just like "Hi, I'm back." And even when the oh, let's talk about this before we move away. The balloons. Uh-huh. The zombie apocalypse has happened. It's been going on for a while now. Let's say at least a year. Let's be kind okay. and say the the this show the the time span has been only one year. All right. Okay. How does a a bunch of helium balloons stay connected to this tree and not pop or blow away? Wait, but how did Glenn know there was a helium tank in the grass? I, I assumed those balloons were from something recent. Because Glenn seemed to know, I, hey, there's a helium tank over there and some more balloons and string. I never saw it before. Look at this cat. <laughs> I never saw I never, I mean, maybe I missed it, but... Okay, it listeners, just, write in uh, to David about com and Paul at TheKingOfTV.com yeah. and explain the balloons, because I assumed that this was something from a recent episode that I missed out on. Yeah. Because Glenn seemed to have some information about the balloons. He did, yeah. But it seemed to me that just came out of nowhere, and just Glenn being the smart, you know... Uh, street zombie wise guy that he is was like well that's the truck those balloons came out of and I'm sure there's more and there's probably a tank and all kinds of shit in there yeah but it seemed to me a little easy especially considering that I mean gosh we gotta let them know we're alive somehow and we are and our flare gun's broken he makes that clear at the beginning of the episode yeah so then they see a bunch of green balloons they couldn't even be white balloons <laughs> they're green balloons that are easy to see against the blue sky and and not just five of them. There's a whole fucking truckload of them. <laughs> that seemed like bullshit to me. And I like the show, so I don't like the nitpick. But that really seemed like bullshit. All right. But and and the, the fact that you excused it by going, oh, he must have known about that, shows that you had to put that in for it not to <laughs> seem yeah. like bullshit. Yeah. You are being kind to the show. So I would like, yeah, when you write in, a, uh, let us know what if we're wrong about that or if you also thought it was bullshit. Um, all right, moving on to trivia. Last week we had two trivia questions. First one was uh, about Ed. Yeah. And what it was the uh, season two theme song? The season the two theme song. What was the band? The answer was Clem Snide. Yes, that is not a guy's name. That's that the, is band. the name of the band. The guy's name from that band, his real name is. Eve Barzillay. <laughs> Even weirder somehow than Clem Snide. All right. And the song is called Moment in the Sun. It's a good song. And then the second question was about Kristen Ritter and what show she was going to be on that was a spinoff slash prequel to Gossip yes. Girl. It was Gossip Girl, yeah. And now what was, what character was she going to play? Uh, well, she was going to play a character that was later played by, um, forgetting her name, who was also on Lost. She kind of looks like Tina Fey. You know what I'm talking about? She was on Lost in the sixth season. Um, she was in the movie Singles, 
Anyway, <laughs> the nope. main thing was um, Lily from Gossip Girl, uh-huh. um, Blake Lively's mom. Uh huh. Brittany Snow was going to play young, eighties. Uh, 80s in Los Angeles version. Oh, I seem to remember something about and that. And Kristen Ritter was going to play her sister. Got it. And so they did that put pilot, but it never went anywhere? Uh, they did a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, as an episode that was all flashback. And the um, parents uh, of the two of the sisters were going to be Cynthia Watros and... Um, now I'm drawing a blank. It's like a, like one of the lesser Brad, Pack- Brad Packers from the 80s. Andrew... Uh... McCarthy? I think it might be Agent McCarthy. Yeah, he's doing those kind of roles now. Yeah. Cynthia Watros, a good 20 years younger than him. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that. I was just watching Mr. Show, the new Mr. Show, and the funniest fucking sketch. But they had like this couple playing a uh, concerned couple who wanted their daughter back. And the guy was like older than me and uh-huh. bald. The girl was Janie Haddad. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> She's like 20 years younger than this guy. <laughs> Jeez, it's, I hate that when they do that. It's like Fred and Ethel Mertz. Um, so the uh, the first person to send us both answers correctly was young Rory McGee, who I assume is from the UK because his name is Rory, and he said, "Cheers, Paul." So that makes me think someone's from whenever because when I hear the name Rory McGee, I go, "That's not your real name." <laughs> but then if they go, "Well, I'm from Ireland," they go, "Oh, then oh, okay." okay. Considering, like, the biggest Irish hero is named Finn McCool. Uh-huh. That's a real guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, how great is that? He's got the word cool in his name. <laughs> yeah. And his first name's Finn. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. So, I figure a guy I named... Like in any U.S. city with a sizable, like, population of Irish heritage... You'll find a Finn McCool. There's at least one bar called Finn yeah. McCool's. Santa Monica. There's one in St. Louis. Oh, is there one in St. And there's, uh, there's a great one in yeah. New Orleans. Right, actually, it's it's right like it's Santa Monica. It's like right at the border of Santa Monica and Venice. It's almost right on okay. the beach there. But yeah, it's very very popular. I've done trivia question trivia uh, competitions there. Um, so Rory McGee got it right. Congratulations, Rory McGee. He wanted to know what kind of nickname you were going to make out of his show, out of his name. I mean, what? what? I, I don't know. Am I known for these? Uh, you apparently ever since Tony Flowers. Yeah, but got his the name McGee. I don't know, like. Flores means flowers right. in another language. And Anthony so, and Tony. Yeah, yeah, so I don't have... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess Sorry. I should have let you research it. So, But uh, we'll send you some prizes, Rory McGee. I think I'm all out of pornos, which is probably good news for some people. But we got anything new? No, nothing no. new. But I'm unpacking and moving in, so every once in a while I find something fun to send people. Uh, trivia question this week... Okay, I'm going to get it. ...is about Lauren Cohan... Who plays? Who she plays Maggie on the show, Glenn's okay. wife. One of the bad southern accents. Yes, uh, and I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain the reason her accent's so bad is because she's actually English. Um, and uh, she was on a. She had a a recurring role on another show that was also very popular with nerds, where she used an English accent. And I and I'll say this: Lauren Cohen. I don't know if you've ever seen her on talk shows or anything else. Is one of the most beautiful, gorgeous women there is. Okay. Uh, like she's model beautiful. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And on this show, I remember watching her on this show and going, "Oh my god, this woman's amazing." I hope she is on more TV shows in the future. And then she's on The Walking Dead, where she doesn't wear any makeup and she looks like hell. So my, I, I still thought she was quite lovely. She is lovely, but I mean, look at that picture. Come on, bro. That is a very nice picture. So my question is, what other show that was very popular with nerds? 
was Lauren Cohen on where she looked super crazy hot and had an English accent? I know. You know it. I don't think you watched it, but you've certainly heard of it. It It's over. It's over now. But it's a very popular show and it's very popular among nerds especially. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. Because of one of the pictures that you had in your photo gallery had a WB logo in the background. Okay. I'm going to say she was on Roswell. No. She was on Vampire Diaries, but that's not the answer. That's not the answer. That's probably where you saw it. Okay. So, uh... That would be a CW. I was trying to go back to... Oh, I see. Um, so... What was she on? She Well, she's been... Uh, apparently her first role was in Van Wilder 2, The Rise, the Rise of, of Taj. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is actually better. I think that's a better movie. Oh, I never saw it. Only because the first one is fucking... Yeah, it would almost have to be better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's got... What's his name in it? Uh, you know. Cal Penn. Yeah, he was great. Um, so if you know the answer, uh, write to Paul at thekingoftv.com. And of course, always go to thekingoftv.com for all your nonsense and fun jokes and things. Um, uh, follow me on Twitter at Paul Goble Show. If you have been following me, I only have a few more pictures of my upper lip to show you for November for raising money for. Thank Still, God. we've raised so much money that my neighbor's cleaning his pool. Guy's out there every day cleaning his fucking pool. That's why 50 it's degree a, weather. The cleanest pool in the valley. Right? He loves it. Um, <laughs> and if somebody wants to take all those uh, pictures of that of my lip on Twitter and make it a, a nice time lapse video, that'd be cool. Uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a shout out or maybe even pay you for, to do that. Or uh, whoever does it, I will donate money to Movember in their name. There you there go. There you go. Um, and oh, and this bottle episode thing looks like it's going to happen. All right, it might be a big deal. I spoke to Brock, and he got back to me, and he's talking to producers who actually might want to put money into it. So uh, it might be a funny thing. But I had no idea it would be so hard to find people who like to get drunk because I asked a bunch of people, "Would you like to be on it?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, but I'm straight edge." Or it sounds fun, but I don't drink anymore. Yeah. And I think, man, what the fuck happened in this world? Well, I don't know that I'm as ashamed <laughs> or, uh, you know, dismayed by it. Well, you shouldn't But be. there are a lot of people who don't drink. Yeah. But uh, someone said, yeah, I'm straight edge now. And I said, yeah, I remember not drinking my first beer. I was straight edge. <laughs> do you find it odd that I was straight edge? No. Do you find it odd that I was? No, not at all. Brooke thought it was crazy. She's like, you were not straight edge. That's a punker thing. You had to be a punker to be straight edge. <laughs> like my friend Punk Rock, who was straight edge and a punker. But just because I didn't like punk music doesn't Did mean... Did she actually say punker? Yes. Is it, I never heard... Is that a Canadian thing to say punker? <laughs> you never heard that? No, that's an old person thing. Punkers. Oh, Go to okay. the punk show and see all the punkers and the punk rockers. And yeah, the I've heard punk heads. rocker and punk. Never punker? I was a self-described punk. I don't think I ever called myself a punker. Well, punk and a punker are two very different things, in my opinion. Uh, there's a, I know there's different meanings of punk. We don't need to go into... There's also punk rockers. Uh-huh. We used to say mostly punk rockers because of the song. By Sheena the Moans. is yeah. a punk rocker? Yeah. yeah. Um, and David is also online, on the line. Yeah, I'm at BattleshipPretension.com. That's where you can find the podcast, Battleship Pretension, where I talk movies, as well as this podcast and all my movie reviews and other people's movie reviews and all kinds of other podcasts, all kinds of movie uh, and TV nerd stuff over there at BattleshipPretension.com. You can email me, as I said earlier, at David at BattleshipPretension.com, and you can and should follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Look at her in this bra. Look at a picture of her in this okay. bra. all right. Right? Yeah. This Hot, is, right? Oh, this is the most punk rock podcast. Well, she's a model, and she's modeling bras. I'm appreciating her work. She's doing good work. Okay. All right, let's talk about the last on. man on earth. This was 
This is almost as much kismet as me picking the Red Wedding episode or this Walking Dead episode because this was the best episode of Last Man on Earth. It was since, certainly since funny. The pilot. Yes, it was certainly it, hilarious. It was hilarious, but not only that, it had that heaviness and that sadness. Yeah, that, that had been missing. You know, this is the episode where um, uh, I'm already forgetting uh, Mel Rodriguez's uh, character. Todd. Todd and Melissa finally broke up for right. good um, in a way that felt. Very yeah, very that, and that's credit to Mel Rodriguez. That guy's a great actor to be able to be on this show that is ridiculous. The <laughs> premise is ridiculous. The star is ridiculous. <laughs> the two stars, the two leads, are ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, every episode they try to top themselves in ridiculousness. The whole bacon thing, uh-huh. ridiculous. But then to have a ridiculous conceit like the bacon thing, and then have it be something that has real emotional yes. stakes weeks and weeks later. Huge. All the guilt he felt about it. And like when they wanted to put, uh, uh, not Tan, when they wanted to put Phil in the stocks, uh-huh. they were all so mad that he wouldn't go in it. <laughs> and it, again, Mel Rodriguez at one point goes, ridiculous. And I was <laughs> like, he is fucking pissed. <laughs> and it's uh. amazing that in this, a, such an absurd setting that he can be so powerful. And let's not give short trips to January Jones either, who I yeah. I contend, and I said this during last season, that she is doing better work here than she was on Mad Men. Oh, absolutely. She's, she's fantastic. Well, I think she's a better actress now. I mean, in all fairness to her, yeah. she, you know, like Will Smith, you know, watch that first season of Fresh Prince. He's no sure, Ali. Yeah. You know, she uh, she got better. But Mel Rodriguez is the shit. He's so fucking hysterical in that show. Uh, and then you also had the end of the episode, um, which we revisited these past couple episodes, um, Jason Sudeikis' character. Right. Uh, still floating alone in space. Right. Um, and that uh, was really sad. Yeah, talk about he the essentially has given up and was getting high on the nitrous oxide supply that he had right. while listening to Lou Reed's Perfect Day, which is a beautiful song about heroin. Yeah. Uh, It it was an incredibly effective and, again, like you said, hilarious episode. Right. He was really excited when he heard someone else's voice. And then, and I like that too, because I'm sure you, like like me, went, oh, there is someone out there. Yeah. And you didn't realize it until he realized it. Oh, I'm hearing myself three seconds later. Yeah, it's a feedback. Because it made made sense. We were like, yay, there is. And it wasn't like... I think in a lesser show, you'd go, well, he's clearly hearing his own feedback. Right. Or... Oh, that's an old, you know, car, that's an old radio show he's hearing or some mm-hmm. bullshit like that. It was really well done. And I think this is, I don't know, this is what makes the show great. But I also think it's what makes the show, what makes people not like the show. Is that while it's supposed to be this absurd premise and some things about it are wildly funny, especially the sight gags. Like the episode where the power went out and Phil spent the whole time singing The Heat Is On. You remember that? <laughs> He started with going, yeah. hmm, the heat is off. And so he walked around trying to fix it. I'll fix this now. <laughs> this doesn't work. I'll eat it raw. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Right? And it's funny as shit. And the sight gag about it. And also then when this, the seriousness of the situation happens, uh, like a guy and a girl, you know, having a serious fight where they're clearly in love. And Mel Rodriguez is fucking really torn up about it. It hurts. And when you see 
Oh, as as bad off as these guys are, there's another guy even worse off up in fucking space. Yeah. Miserable. He's got to be miserable. And so it makes it that much more powerful, I think, when it's in this. And I think there are people who don't like that. They feel like they're manipulated. You know, like, they feel like, well, I'm watching this crazy, wacky show with Will Forte. Hey, you made me feel bad now. <laughs> you made me have feelings. I don't like that. But that's what a good TV show should do. I mean, yes, it's a sitcom. Because it's funny as shit, but you know, uh, it it's weirdly I, I we didn't plan this, but it ties in so much to some some of the same themes of The Walking Dead because it approaches the question of when all this other stuff that we fill our fill up our lives and our days with and rely on is stripped away, mm-hmm. what is really important? Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone on the show, you know, we had this um, uh, at the beginning of this episode when uh, Phil. Uh, Phil, not Tandy? not Tandy, but Phil, Phil right? Uh, drives off. He says, "Didn't you learn anything from the virus? We're all alone." And he feels that way because he hasn't been able to fit in or be appreciated among the group. And they all sort of learned that lesson initially. Everyone in the show had everyone they know and love die. That's right. as much as this is a crazy sitcom uh, with ridiculous performances and stuff. This is a show about people who everyone they know and yeah. love died. They all learned that lesson initially, but then. Tandy, I'm going to call him Tandy for now, yeah. for, for clarity, by being exiled from the group once, he sort of relearned a different lesson about how, uh, you know, not only that it's important to be with people, mm-hmm. but that you can lose that. And it's something that, like, to, the, to a lot of the rest of them, the fact that they're all there together, that's the end game. Yeah. But Phil, who went from being an awful Tandy, I should say, went from being an awful person in season one because of losing, learning the lesson of of losing that. Yeah, he knows that this is something like people say that a marriage is hard work. This this community <laughs> is hard work. Like he, yeah, he, he's not content to just sit back and live together. He wants to work at keeping this community together, and that that sort of growth from a sitcom character is very yes. rare. I think we've talked before about how the resting state of most sitcom characters is to not grow. Right. Because they have to be the same every every episode and every Yeah, season. so they can be the same funny and the yeah. same joke. Yeah, and so to have that kind of growth and that kind of emotional depth and to see him being very worried about this mm-hmm. guy who was treated him like shit and left him to die at one point right. uh, is really powerful uh yeah. Well, and he does save his life when he pulls him off the beach. He, you know, effectively saved. <laughs> yeah, his that life. was two weeks ago, and that was hilarious. But still, yeah. <laughs> and and it, to put him, he saved his life. And like, you don't know what he's going to do. And he goes, "You'll thank me for this later." And he ends up putting him in the stocks. Yeah, Phil's yeah. super pissed, but everyone else is happy. And everyone's like, "Oh, thanks, Tandy. Good <laughs> job." And no one now, no one's pissed at Phil anymore. Yeah, uh, it's that's really the way. I mean. Uh, obviously, I you know I've watched a lot of TV in my life, and it seems like this is the way sitcoms go now. You know, there's no more very special episodes because each episode, almost, you know, can have a special moment in right. it, and it doesn't have to be sappy. It can just be, oh really? Okay, I didn't know that. Or oh yeah, that's that's cool. Or it can be a happy thing. You know, regardless, you can write a good. It doesn't have to be three jokes per page like in the old days. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, and I, like I said when the show began, you got to take your time with it. It's yeah. going to be great. And I think it got great by the end of the first season, in my opinion. 
is when it got great. It definitely righted the ship. It had some problems in the mid, but this second season has been great. Yes. And the fact, and it's the only. Sh- it took this amount of an investment in time that we get a show where the heartwarming moment that you're talking about is a group of people accidentally killing a bull together. Right. <laughs> and, and, and like, it's very darkly funny. And of all the like sad things in the episode, the thing that actually got an a reaction out of Mrs. Howell was, was the, the reveal that the bull had died. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess you can shoot a bull with a tranquilizer dart, but eight tranquilizer darts Not is so a, much. a little bit too many. Yeah, but also Mrs. Howell is a vegetarian, right? That's true. So, yeah. so the reveal that they had slaughtered <laughs> and prepared uh, the, the bull. But uh, even, can, wouldn't she even, after the fucking outbreak of the world, wouldn't she want to eat some meat? I bet if he asked her, she'd say no. But in the real life. I don't... I, I, I wouldn't know. I hope I never find out. You know what would happen? She would go, no, no. And she'd be so weak, you'd make her eat it because she doesn't have any protein. Where do you get protein? What is she, she going to make up some tofu? Oh, nuts. There's nuts out there. Bro. There's a lot of nuts out there. Come on. <laughs> Crickets. That's, that's one thing that I hated. That cricket episode. Oh, really? They should have been... Bowing down to her for creating those crickets because that was probably the healthiest thing they've eaten on that show. But crickets have way crickets have more protein than like if you had a cricket the size of a steak, it would have ten times the protein of that steak, and they're and they're low fat as long as okay. you pull the wings off. But the this legs goes off. to tie it back into the Walking Dead thing and Enid's point of view: is the world is dying, we should just let it. Most of this group has gotten to a point where, unlike Carol and. Uh, Phil, Boris Kojo's Phil, uh-huh. they're not that invested in keeping humanity alive. But They've essentially gotten to a place where they said, we're comfortable, we're living in a nice house in Malibu, yeah. let's just write it out. And that's fine, but does that mean they're like nihilists? They know they won't survive? Because if they're, if they're literally just going to eat food, old food out of cans until they starve to death, uh-huh. that's, that's, not even, you, that's not even a reasonable way to kill yourself. <laughs> Nobody kills themselves by starving to death. Right. You eventually get so hungry, you kill somebody and you go nuts. Whatever. It, shit hits the fan and you get hungry. That it doesn't it seems dumb to me. Like after they ate those after they ate those crickets, they should have went, Oh man, I feel good. That was a lot of protein. That thanks, Carol. Mm-hmm. And also crickets are good if you prepare them right. I'm sure they are, I have no problem. Yeah, she could have easily just roasted them and throw some shit in there. Better than that raisin ball bullshit she was making. <laughs> so that episode bugged me, because any survivalist knows crickets especially are the shit. If you can find crickets, that's gold. Okay. So I thought that was horse shit. But I'll, let me, let's talk about this one brief time because I thought I was going crazy. At the end of the episode they played that song. Great song, beautiful song. And I thought to myself, is every fucking show using this song now, or am I just imagining it? And I looked it up, and I realized, no, I'm not imagining it, because... Where did you look it up? Wikipedia, okay. I guess. Well, because I, I was not familiar with that song. The first time I ever heard it was in the, I think it was a PlayStation commercial, where these two guys are singing it to each other, and they're playing different games, they're driving, and they're okay. basketballing, whatever. And so... You ever train spotting? It's a big Yes, I did a, a million years okay. ago, but yeah. But that's his, when he overdoses. Yeah. That's the song. But that was way too long ago. But the reason it stuck in my mind is because a few weeks ago, it was at the end of Gotham. Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of shit goes down, and they're arresting people, and they're killing. And it's like, wow, I, it might have been, it might have been the second or third episode. But they're playing that at the end. You know, obviously the counterpoint, it's not a perfect day. Everything's right. terrible. Much like here. And the... It, 
I guess it was the night before. Fear the Walking Dead is on Sunday. Gotham's on Monday. Fear the Walking Dead in their finale did the exact same thing. The end of the episode as the family is driving away to get out of L.A. and, you know, get somewhere safe. They're showing the mayhem in L.A. because it's still fresh. Mm -hmm. Smoking buildings and shit. They played that song. (laughs) Now, obviously, because the way we watch TV, we don't watch shit the day it's on or whatever... And when I saw that, I went, huh, didn't I already see a show like that? <laughs> but it wasn't that I looked it up, that I, it happened one right after the other, Sunday and Monday. And I thought, did they do that on purpose? But they couldn't have. No, they couldn't no, have done, I right? So. I think that should, maybe the song's just having its moment. Like, well, like, wasn't there a time like 10, 15 years ago where it seemed like every show had a season finale set to Hallelujah, like the Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah? Or you had a bad time. day. <laughs> but yes, uh, some. Well, I, I remember different day. versions. It would always be different versions. I'll tell you exactly why, though. It's because Lou Reed died, and he was never down with obviously train spotting. He went by all means. That's right. what this song is about. About and please pay me a bunch of money. But when a TV show came knocking, he said, "Fuck you, I'm Lou Reed." Now his ex-wife or kid or whoever is happy to take the money. Huh? That's, that's actually really. Probably true. That's exactly what happens. That's, what, that's how Beatles Rock Band came to be for years and years and years. Paul McCartney said, I would love to do a Beatles Rock Band. And Yoko Ono said, no. And George Harrison said, absolutely not. Then George Harrison died. Uh-huh. And Danny Harrison said, let's do this. <laughs> and Yoko Ono finally said, all right, let's do it. And they all got a giant payday. But I, I don't know. It's weird that that has become a thing now. Like, are there other people watching it going, man, don't keep using that song? Because now that's three shows using it for the exact same reason in the exact same spot to get the exact same effect. Yeah, that's true. Even though the shows could not be more different. You know, Fear the Walking Dead, Zombie Apocalypse, Gotham is a comic book show for kids (laughs) practically. And Last Man on Earth, it is a hilarious sitcom. It's an end of the world comedy. (laughs) Yeah. They're all about the end of the world. Um, all right, so uh, what's going on next week? Next week, I want to watch this new show, Superstore, which is on NBC. Ginsburg is on it, America Ferreira, Colton Dunn, Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall oh. is on it, and a couple other very funny people. But it looks like the new funny comedy show on NBC, so it should be good. And, and I you, uh, am not going to make you watch The Great Holiday Bake Off. Or thank whatever, goodness. Uh, or The Great Holiday Baking Show. Um, <laughs> do you know why it's... Uh, I was just reading about this. That show in in the UK is called The Great British Bake Off. Right. But here it's called The Great British Baking Show. Because apparently, like, Sara Lee or some fucking oh, company yeah. the competition. owns the copyright to the word Bake Off in yeah. the US. Yeah, a million years ago when they yeah. started the Bake Off. Yeah. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Anyway, so what I want to watch, I want to drop in on this uh, current uh, new season of Adventure Time. Adventure Time! All right. And uh, you know, and then the holidays are coming, so we'll do our special Christmas episode coming up. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to. Now pick. you moved, so we don't know where that piece of paper is. It used to be up there, but yeah, maybe, uh-huh. bro- At least I still know what I wrote on it. So. All right, you didn't yeah. forget. Nope. A year later, almost a year later, you didn't forget. Um, there was something else I wanted people to do. Oh, was it watch this? Baking show, baking show. Huge from the UK. I love it. Oh, what fun it is to see the treats competitors bake. Oh. Baking show, baking show, coming to ABC. Who will make the yummiest bake? Judged by Mary Mary. Mm. I 
can't wait. The Great Holiday Baking Show, a four-week event, premieres Monday, November 30th on ABC.